welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids Bucket Emptying Episodes. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Han, psychologist, parenting expert, and author of How Not to Screw Up Your Kids, a real-life guide to parenting. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, we're going to do another question, and this time, now this question is quite an interesting one. What should I do if my child won't eat? Now, I have made the assumption that this is coming from a parent of a child that's younger, but I will also talk about it if we've got it with a slightly older child. Now, I guess... the first thing I should start with a bit of is with a bit of a disclaimer. Obviously, I'm approaching this from a psychological, behavioural strategy perspective. I, I'm not medical in in on that basis. So trust your gut instinct. If you think there is more to this than I'm going to outline, then do seek medical help. Go and see a GP. Go and see a doctor. Go and have a conversation because there may be other aspects to it. For example, there may well be um, some intolerances that your child is experiencing, which is causing some of the issues around not eating. I'm going to talk about it very much from that sort of behavioural perspective. So let's just take a broad brush overview in terms of a foundation. I feel very strongly that we should not be battling with our children over food. Now, that doesn't mean that our children can therefore eat whatever they want. Food can sometimes become a bit of a battleground from a perspective of control. And I don't think we should sort of blindly walk into that. You know, I have a very clear view that we should be presenting our children with food in reasonable sort of variants of food types and with their input and that we should be doing that three meals a day. And potentially, obviously, when our children are younger, they need other snacks. And then not getting caught in this battle of you must eat all of these, all of this food, purely from the perspective of, remember, we're working with the end in mind. We want our children to have a healthy relationship with the fuel that is going to charge and supercharge and energize their body in order for them to be able to perform athletically, physically, mentally, emotionally. And that's why I think it's really important that we don't end up making mealtimes battlegrounds around specific things and we create challenges and issues around food. So it's at the basic level, it's being able to understand that and to be presenting food. If you've got a child that is refusing to eat, it may well be it's a control thing. And therefore, they know that if they then hold their ground and say they're not going to eat something, we are then going to offer them a number of alternatives. And then they're potentially going to get avoid certain food types that they don't want to eat. And then they'll be able to just eat what, you know, just eat whatever they want or they go into pudding mode, which we often kind of find ourselves having a battle with. So I do think if that's if that is the scenario that I think you need to be slightly firmer with, this is this is the food that, that you have got and maybe reduce the portion size, but also talk to your child about how you can blend in. So if you've got a child, for example, who does not like, like eating vegetables and you have a real battle with the vegetables, it's being in a position where you might introduce the same vegetable but in different ways so carrots cut circular carrots cut as sticks carrots that have been boiled carrots that have been roasted carrots that are then used for dipping it's being able to kind of help them sort of introduce them to to vegetables if that's the case in different ways but also being able to recognize that it does take seven attempts of trying a food before you are really clear whether they like it or whether they don't like it. So it's it's being, it's persevering around those foods 
And sometimes the reason why our children won't eat may well be actually related to the texture of the food. Now, some children can articulate that it just feels funny in their mouth or that they just don't like it. Others find it really, really difficult. So it's really noticing what are the foods that my child is refusing to eat? Is it just simply that all they want to eat is high sugar and processed food? Or is it that there are some very specific foods that have very particular themes and that's why they don't like them so for example it can be quite typical for a child not to be a massive fan of tomatoes avocados salad but then equally you can have a child who loves all of those and then maybe doesn't like some of the more typical things that you'd expect a child to like like potatoes or or rice or pasta so it's really looking are there some specific trends we know that children who are neurodiverse Typically, Lucinda Miller often talks about this idea that they typically like beige food. So there will be very pasta, rice, pizza, bread, that they'll be those will be the certain foods that they like. And they tend to not like other foods. You may know that you have a neurodiverse child or you may not, but that might be something to consider. So there'll be an element of that. It could be that it's specifically related to the texture of the foods and that's why your child doesn't like it. So it's about, okay, how can we maybe change the texture? Maybe if it's if it's soft and squishy, as in with a boiled carrot, for example, it might be that we're boiling it too much and they don't like that texture or it might be that they would prefer it when it's raw or it might be as was the case with my daughter very happy with potatoes in every form other than mash so again is it are there certain textures that they just seem to avoid the other thing to think about is that sometimes we have children that are not refusing to eat things because there is a specific food phobia or an anxiety attached to a particular food and that could have come about from them eating something and then sort of choking on it and so that's then created an anxiety or they've noticed somebody else choking on it or they are worried that there may well be a choking hazard with that particular food so it's really trying to do a bit of a what I call do a bit of an audit observe notice make some notes what are the foods that they are refusing to eat so a if they're refusing to eat typical ordinary healthy foods that you would expect them to eat which are balanced and they're going specifically for more of the sugary processed then that's a conversation around boundaries that's you being more resilient around presenting meals in smaller portion sizes and then if they don't eat it then they don't get anything else let's try and avoid this feeling oh my goodness me my child is going to starve even if your child is super super wafy that you feel like there's nothing to them already don't get caught in this i'm just going to keep presenting you with other things because you're refusing food and so i'm just going to offer you anything to get you to eat it's not a great way to get them to have this relationship with food as fuel if of course they're refusing to eat because they're looking for the sugary processed treat which comes afterwards. So if that's the case, then I think we have to stand a little bit clearer with that. If it's that actually they're not particularly adventurous, they're pretty staid and staple in that they would just want certain foods which they're very familiar with and they don't want to try anything else, either because of the texture or because they've got an anxiety, then I think play around. Children are much more likely to eat food which they've prepared they're much more likely to eat foods which are presented in small portions so you can sort of adopt an almost like little tapas sort of basis of this is the meal and maybe we've got a selection of two or three things that they can try you know try and give them some aspects of the meal which you plate up but then encourage them to then plate up the additional bits yes okay it's going to mean we're going to have more plates yes it's going to mean it's probably going to require a little bit of extra work in terms of preparation 
and tidying up afterwards. But the more we encourage our children to take an element of the control around what they place on their plate and how large the portion is and an agreement to try at least some of the new one new thing that you might introduce in each meal, you're much more likely to be able to get them on board. And over time, you'll find that the repertoire of foods that they'll eat will increase. We just have to not be too worried about it in the immediate. They will eat more food. They won't waste away. But it's trying to make sure that we maintain a healthy relationship with the notion that food is our fuel. It energises us and we need to make sure that we take on a good blend of fruits and vegetables and proteins and carbohydrates and fiber. I hope that that relieves that particular question and that particular challenge. So I hope you found that useful. As ever, if you have loved this podcast episode, I would be eternally grateful if you could rate, review and follow the podcast so that we can grow the audience and people who don't know about us can find out and we can spread this knowledge and and hopefully relieve a few more parents buckets along the way so until next time bye